All across the land, people are gathering. Disturbed people. Demented people. Gathering to discuss films. Disturbed films. Demented films. These people know not what they do. They do not think before they speak. For they are bastards. Daily grindhouse bastards. Giving the opinions no one asked for. Yet demand to know. This is The Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. gentlemen to another daily grindhouse presents no budget nightmares this is mo and with me the tower of power he'll devour some other rap lines that rhyme with our doug tilly he's doug tilly number one super guy he's doug tilly he's got style and a sexy voice and guts that just won't stop when girls get no he tells them no with a painful oh thank you for that kind opening mo uh and uh and welcome everybody to the latest no budget nightmares uh podcast and uh, this is, of course, Doug Tilly, Sweetback from DailyGrindhouse.com. And this, I think anyone who is used to listening to the podcast, things might sound a little bit different today. A little bit better. Uh, hopefully a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> different at the very least, better hopefully. Yeah, we're not talking about the quality of what we're saying, more so just the quality of it being said. <laughs> Right. In fact, I'm sitting on Mo's lap right now, which is Ooh. why it sounds so much uh, clearer. <laughs> we're going to talk about the first thing that pops up. Oh, no. very, very classy, Mo. Yeah. This is a classy program. In fact, I, I think we even uh, we might have mentioned that on Twitter in the last couple of days. I don't, <laughs> I don't work blue. Okay, we, uh, we, we run a clean ship here, and that's how it's going to stay. Oh yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Mo? Today, our extra special. Uh, post-Christmas holiday edition of the Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares, we are talking about the one, the only, Duck, the Carbine High Massacre. And, and what better way to celebrate the holidays, to celebrate a new year, a new beginning, than to talk about one of the greatest tragedies in uh, in your nation's history, but really the world's history, uh, and, uh, and certainly uh, a very odd... Film, a very strange and very original in a lot of ways. Film. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and one, and I'm going to make this. Uh, I want to kind of put this out there right at the beginning. One that I think that we have uh, a slightly different reaction to, and in fact, I think it it, it really has. Uh, there's been a lot of strong opinions about this movie since its release in 1999. Anyway, uh-huh. and in fact, maybe the part of those strong reactions are the fact uh, that it came out in 1999. Uh, I, just... I know. I mean, like, like, the fa- like the proximity of when this came out to when, you know, to when, like, the, the Columbine incident took place. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's like months later. 
Right. And the Columbine incident happened on April 20th, 1999. And like you said, months later, this movie yeah. came out. The very first one to, uh, to come out about that, uh, about that incident. Uh, some, you might be aware, anyone listening, that there have been, uh, other films, uh, that have been either directly influenced by Columbine or indirectly. Probably, uh, Gus Van Sant's Elephant is the most famous. Mm. Uh, but, uh, but this was the first. And that that says something. Yeah, there's this uh, there's this great little um, I don't know if great's the best term, but there's this <laughs> you know they have this uh, uh, God I can never think of what the title there we'll call it the title card <laughs> at the at the beginning of the movie that basically says and now a dramatic reading the story depicted in this motion picture is fiction and contains fictitious characters, although it is based on actual historical events. We realize that some people may find it offensive, obscene, sacrilegious, and thoroughly disgusting. However, it was bound to become a motion picture eventually, or even worse, a made-for-TV movie. So we decided to do it first. God bless America. The Producers. Summer 1999. Just like, I'm like, wow. You know, I mean, like... Like, to, to be able to say, you know, oh, somebody else is going to do it at some point, we should do it first, you know, and have, I mean, having the fact that, like, you know, to produce a movie, it's not like a short period of time, you know, right. like, you know, and, and they still managed to toss, you know, to put this thing together, film it, edit it, you know, cut it up and put it out within months of the event, of the, of the event that it's based off of. I mean, that's, that's an amazing feat. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you watch this film, and especially when you watch it through the eyes of uh, of someone, uh, of people like us who see a lot of these kind of lower budget films, yeah, and, and just like those, this one is shot on video. Uh, it's it's done with uh, some professional actors, but many non professional <laughs> actors, some very non professional. Yeah. Uh, it's still quite an accomplishment. This is an accomplishment of a film, and some of it is some pieces of it and some of what they did and what they were trying to do in terms of ambition, I have to say, I, I, I reacted to it, I, you know, I, I make it very clear every time that we have one of these uh, these podcasts that I never go in expecting something to be bad. No, However, absolutely. our first, you know, my first introduction to this film was only a few weeks ago, mm. and that was when someone told both of us on Twitter. And we so, never, go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, we never discovered who we that was. We never found out was. who it was, yeah. We, we looked, but we couldn't remember uh, that, that it was the worst film they ever saw. So, of course, you know, that probably promotes a certain feeling uh, going into it, and especially yeah. with the idea that not only is it the worst film that that person uh, says that they've ever seen, but it also has a very sensitive material, which has the potential to go so wrong so easily. Yeah. So, you know, I went in maybe with the expectation that I was about to see something that uh, was in very bad taste. And some of it is. <laughs> some, some of it's in really bad taste. But there's, there's something about this movie that actually um, I reacted very positively to. Well, you, I, no, I completely agree. I actually completely agree with that. It's funny. I, I was as I was rewatching because I haven't seen I hadn't seen this movie in years. I, sure. I saw it the first time back when it was still like uh, one of those secret hidden movies that like you could never find. You know, like I, I, I got really lucky and somebody had a VHS copy of it. Do you remember those days, Mo, when when things were so underground that no one could find them or you have a really hard time? It just seems like everything is so available now. It's hard to even imagine a time when that was the case. No, you're you're 100% right. It's amazing that that it's so, you know, easy to find everything now, but no, but you're right. The um but back in the in the day, you know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, it's really I'm really really talking, you know, 
13 years ago. We're not talking a long time here. Exactly. You know, but yeah, it would have been in the early 2000s, maybe, maybe, maybe 2004, I think it might have been when I, when I first saw this. And, and, uh, yeah, somebody had a, somebody had a, like a, like a bootleg VHS copy that they had, uh, taped off of, uh, like their local video store had it. So they dubbed it. And, uh, yeah, so I watched it and I remember being a lot more offended then than I, than I was this time. But obviously I've seen so many, you know, piss poor taste films, uh, since then that, I mean, this, yeah, this does seem a little tame comparatively. Yeah. But I, I, I sorry, sorry to interrupt you. No, there, no, no. But, but I, I think it's interesting because you're right. Certainly our standards <laughs> of what is tame and what is exploitive. I mean, yeah. Christ, you turn on the, the, you turn on VH1 right now, you're probably going to find something equally as exploitive as this. Um, <laughs> you mean but, like the VH1 Divas? <laughs> yes, your favorite program, the VH1 <laughs> Divas. <laughs> Nobody's going to understand that. <laughs> no, total <laughs> but, inside joke. But, uh, but, but it's still... It packs a punch, but I also think that as you as a person and as I as a person mature, I, I was surprised at the level of complexity that mm. there is in this film, considering yeah. that it, it'll go as low as to make the, the, the cheapest, uh, joke about a retarded student in the school. <laughs> I love, you know, oh, man, yeah. I'm I, not, I'm not knocking it. No, no, not cheap. at all, man. He was, he was an absolute blast. He was one of my favorite characters in the There's film. There's a part where he's digging through the garbage, looking yeah. for something, and, and I have to say, I was losing it because of <laughs> just how enthusiastic he was about digging through the garbage. He has his arm. Anyway. Um, well, I'm having a youth group meeting on Sunday. Sunday's trash night. Never mind it. So, but they they go that sort of low. But there there are scenes in this movie that have legitimate emotion, both both negative and and positive. Emotions. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, maybe we should stop talking in generalities and let's start talking about the plot a little bit. Let's do it. Let Let's jump into Duck the Carbine High Massacre. Now we we should mention before we jump into the plot that it was directed. It was actually co-directed by two people. Uh, in this case, it was Joey Smack and William Hellfire, which, uh, pseudonyms, yeah. as you can probably guess. Wait, but, you mean there's not like a Mama Smack and, and Daddy Hellfire out there somewhere? There may very well be. <laughs> uh, I, I hesitate to guess, but these, uh, these two gentlemen, uh, are not only the, uh, the directors, co-directors in this case, but also star as their two leads, Derek and Derwin, who are the two, uh, students who end up, well, this isn't giving anything away, no. end up massacring their uh, their fellow students. Derwin. <laughs> yeah, the names. Uh, one of them is bald. One of them has hair. That's a good way to to differentiate between the two. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you need to know who's who, William Hell- Hellfire is the is Derwin. He's the bald one. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, again, just just speaking before we get into things, their performances certainly not the worst in the movie. Uh, in fact, I would say that they're they're closer to some of the better performances. Uh, uh, Derwin, the the bald character, William Hellfire, Hellfire yeah. he, he's a little bit better. I think he has it, but... He's, he's my second favorite actor in the film. I can already... I already know who your first probably is. Well, Misty Monday. Yeah, she she yeah. is good. Really good. Yeah, this, actually. and super cute. Yeah, and she plays a, a kind of Christian super Bible thumper. Well, the character's uh, name is Bible Girl. The Bible Girl. And <laughs> and that's that's another thing. And I again, we're getting away from the plot, yeah. but... but Everyone in this movie, outside of Derek and Derwin, 
and 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 maybe a few ancillary characters that, that they really do fit into these categories, and they're named as such, right? Yeah. They're the, the jocks are just named like like uh, like spam, and spam jock. jock, spam jock because he likes spam, and then there's and, bench press, exactly. And I mean, they're they are these stereotypes, but I also I actually think that that, that was a really interesting choice, uh, and not just one that that is based on. Uh, we don't want to write detailed characters for these other people. You know, one of the other choices that they made in this movie, and I found this fascinating, is that the parents of all of these students are played by the same two actors. Yeah. Uh, at which, again, it's a money-saving gesture. No, but it it's was all- awesome. It's awesome because they're not the same. I mean, they're not cookie cutter, the same parents. In fact, they're very, very different, very varied, but they're the same actors. You know, they're kind of these faceless background people. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I thought that it's just, just interesting choices like that. It really kind of raised my opinion of what they were trying to do. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I like the, I was like the parents are basically, they're basically one step away from being like the, like the teachers on peanuts, you know, it's right. Like, I mean, you know, they, yeah, they say, they say stuff, but I mean, they might as well be going. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and just to get back to the, the, the performances, Joey smack, his performance, it's a lot more of a depressed sort of yeah angry, like repressed anger and not so repressed anger type <laughs> performance. But I also think he, he does well with it in the sense that it, he's not giving the most legitimate performance in the world, but as a disaffected, teenager as someone who just is hates his life and hates what society is throwing at him I, I i felt you know i could feel something legitimate coming from that i actually i you know i i enjoyed the two lead performances here saying that there are some horrible fucking performances in this movie well like yeah no i mean when you well it's it's you know it's funny the you look at the two lead performances you know the, the hellfire and smack you know and um and you know and you look at their parents you know, and if you and if you compare their their performance to their parents, exactly, they make total sense. Right, yeah. absolutely, because uh, Derek uh, again, that's uh, that's uh, Joey, Joey Smack. Smack. His parents are horribly abusive, and they don't pay Drunks. attention to him. Yeah. Drunks, uh, just awful people. Uh, while while Derwin's parents are like basically uh, June Cleaver, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're 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 pleasant, they're loving, you know, they're supportive. Yeah, they're 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 the kind of parents that most people should want. But again, it's, this is just sort of another element where, you know, the, right around the the time of Columbine, there was a lot of blame going around. It's like, what's the reason for this happening? Yeah, yeah. Now, now we know a little bit more now, and, and their motivations are a little clearer. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, it was Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they touch on that sort of thing. They touch on the, the music, yeah. and they, they, they touch on... I mean, there's a part where he's watching anime for some reason, uh, and they touch on the parents, and it's like there, there's no specific thing that they're just pointing to. No. But anyway, let's let's stop this jibber jabber, <laughs> <laughs> and let's jump into the plot. Uh, it, it, it does take a while in this movie for the actual massacre to happen, and I think that for a lot of people, they're just waiting for it. That's the hardest part is getting to. I mean, there's there's like. There's like two or three really great scenes before that final act, you know. But me, yeah, getting getting through act one of this is is really tough. I mean, incredibly tough. And I had a very hard time. Like I sat down for it the other day and started watching, and I couldn't. I just like, 
I got, I got, I'm not like bored with it, but I just like, I didn't want to have to deal with it right then. And then I popped it on again yesterday and, and watched it through once and, and realized that I had shut it off about maybe like three minutes before, before everything started to pick up and, and was happy I finished it. And today I, I just got finished watching it for a second time today, just so I would have it fresh in my brain. Well, for, for me, this is actually a sort of a rarity in that I watched it all the way through in one go. Didn't have to stop at all. Mm. Uh, I didn't have the same level, I think, of problems that you had with the first, I, it's probably first three quarters of the movie, mm. uh, or the first half at the very least. Um, that said, I can see exactly what you're saying. Yeah. They have to introduce a lot of characters because, yes. frankly, a lot of them are just going to be victims afterwards. And, and they are not presented in a very three-dimensional way. No. But if you, if you see this movie as, and I think this is the best way to see it, as being almost totally from the perspective of Derek and Derwin as these two uh, trench coat-wearing youths, um, that everyone does fall into this sort of stereotyped view. And, and it doesn't really ever expound on these characters very much. But we do get... I mean, some of them are kind of funny. Mostly, they're just assholes. Yeah. The first 20 minutes, you know what it really felt like to me? It almost felt like a remake of The Toxic Avenger. Yeah, uh, you're, yes. They're exactly that sort of bully. Where, Absolutely. Where, where when they're talking to each other, I mean, they, they even talk... I remember my favorite quote from uh, <laughs> The Toxic Avenger is right near the beginning where they're looking at... Um, at um, What's the character's name in a, in, in a Toxic Avenger? I really don't remember. Okay, d- doesn't matter. They're looking at him and they're saying, look at that fucking mop boy. Why has he always got that shit-eating grin on his face? What's he so happy about? And in this movie, they almost do the exact same thing. They're like, look at those two fucking freaks over there. Look at that bald-headed kid. Yeah, he's so fucking bald. Look at those two fucking freaks over there. I hate those fuckers. Look at that bald He's fucking bald. Yeah, he's so fucking bald. <laughs> I mean, they're saying ridiculous. Actually, actually, the guy, the guy who, the, the, I don't, uh, I guess he's the spam jock, uh, the guy who says, look at the bald headed, look at that bald headed kid, he's fucking bald, you know. He has some of the greatest lines in the film. Uh, he, he says, he says some really, really incredible shit. And that, and like the second he said that, like I just knew, I'm like, oh man, I gotta keep my eye on that character. Because he's he's gonna be he's gonna be fun and man he did not let he did not let me down. Yeah, they all have like little quirks yeah. around them. Uh, I mean, and, and and I remember that character too because I think there's another scene. Well, there's a scene later on where uh, Derwin's character is getting his ass fucking beat to shit. <laughs> yeah, and it's a rough scene. And he, uh, yeah, it's really brutal. But there's a part where Derwin is like, I think he's yelling out, "It's like, what are you gonna do, rape me?" And he's like, the the, the, the spam jock is like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna gang rape you. That's what we're gonna do." <laughs> it's it, again. Ridiculous, but there's an exaggerated element to everything that we're seeing here. Mm. So at the beginning of it, you know, we're introduced to the characters. We're given a, a little uh, piece of their lives. It's shitty because they're being picked on all the yeah. time. They have a, a, a sort of relationship with the two goth kids that are in school, uh, which they don't really have a lot of character to them either, no. but they're very recognizable as goths. There's actually a really great line right at the beginning of the movie that's kind of like off in the background. It's like it's not, you know, it's not right up in your face, so you got to kind of like listen to it. You got that, uh, that like gearhead character character who's always like working on his car <laughs> yeah and i guess one of the other characters bounces a ball off of his window or something like that, and he goes watch it bro i will totally not make it worth your while <laughs> that character is his defining characteristics are that he loves his car yeah in fact there's a po- part later where they show him polishing it so much he won't even come for dinner or anything yep. like that and he says the word fucko over and over again he really does 
And there's also one other thing, and I have to say, the earliest laugh I got out of this movie was when it actually uh, Derek and Derwin run into him, and he, his response to something they say is just, Gah? <laughs> Watch it, fucko. It took me a year to pay this car, and I'll be totally dead before I see it get ruined by a bunch of freaks like you. Yeah, that's right. You'll be dead. Gah? <laughs> His response to a lot of stuff was was that like I go yeah you would just you like I, yeah like if he um actually in the in the scene later when he won't come in for dinner that's what he says too it's like right. he's like you what do you love you know you love your car more than eating and he goes go <laughs> so so that's a big point in his favor even though he's he's not a very good actor but he he makes the most of his uh of, of these qualities that he has he certainly has the ability with the go <laughs> so you know we have a very strong idea of what what's going on here already uh Der- Derek and Derwin have a very um a very strong relationship they're spending all their time together everyone thinks that they're a freak people use the word freak all the fucking time throughout the movie within seconds right and we yeah. also we are introduced to uh the uh the the church gal uh by played by Misty Monday oh that's a really pretty guitar thank you which girl? We're pretty. We're pretty much within the first like three minutes of the film. We're we're not formally introduced, but we're shown all of the major players in the film. Essentially, absolutely. Yeah. And and just just to list off a couple more, then there is the retarded kid who's in the uh, wheelchair, who I love. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. The greatest science fiction movie that I've seen again and again and again. Uh, there's a sort of a, a prissy girl. She's like a theater type girl. Totally remembers me from last year's musical. Fuck him up. Uh, and there's a character who's like a hippie chick, and she plays a song on a guitar. She, yep, the hippie chick she, she, with the guitar. She's, she's the worst. She's really, so bad. Really awful. <laughs> they say that you're different. They say you aren't cool. But you still are a person, and that is all that matters. Mm. Cool. Thank you. And and there's a black guy who uh the angry who, black guy who I love. Shut up, bitch. You make me sick. I feel like I'm about to vomit on the fucking floor. <laughs> hey, settle down. He's great. Uh he's the angry black guy and he, all of his lines are about how everyone is a motherfucker and that they're they, he doesn't give a shit about anybody. I'll uh, I'll I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one guess who my favorite character in the entire movie is. Uh no. Oh, you know what? Is it is, is it the is it the internet teacher? No, no, I was. I, well, I was oh, it was. I, it was the black guy. Angry black so, guy. He's absolutely, absolutely my favorite character. I every, thought we were speaking ironically. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Scene. No, no, no. Every single time he says anything, I was laughing. It didn't matter what he said. It didn't matter how angry he was or or how like jovial he was saying it. Every time he said anything, it was the greatest line of that scene. <laughs> and well, th- that's great that you mentioned that because the next scene that we have is. Everyone in a internet class. I guess they probably didn't have access to a lot of classrooms, so this one just has a lot of computers in it. Yeah, actually, actually, um, actually, what that classroom was was a language lab. It looked like that, eh? Because yeah. it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was not a computer class. It was a language lab, <laughs> and uh, it's being taught by the worst actor in the movie. Settle down. And he is amazing. It's pretty I hope great. He- I hope we can get a little bit of his dialogue because... Oh, I will get a ton of his dialogue. What should kids make it so difficult for me to teach you a decent education? Jesus. You know, this this movie, you can tell that there are parts of this that are pretty strongly uh, scripted. Now, this part is too, but the the teacher, he's saying things and he's not exactly tripping over the words, but... 
because he's so self-conscious about being in front of a camera, his, his the way he uses sentences doesn't make any sense. He'll he'll, he'll like twist around. It's a little hard to explain, but he's terrible, and he has like a real. I mean, he has a really terrible accent. What are you trying to give me a nervous breakdown? So you saw it on the internet. And it, <laughs> he's the least teacher-like teacher that you're likely to see in one of these movies. Yeah, he's he's almost like that that cool non-traditional teacher that you know. Um, that you kind of like, you know, that in any other movie, he'd be the one you kind of like fall in love with, you know, because he's so, he's such a great guy. But in this one, like he, he's so lacking in any kind of real <laughs> talent that he just falls on his face. And it's really, it, it, and it actually makes it that much more fun to watch him. The, the black guy has some great lines in this scene. He talks about how <laughs> when he's asked about the internet, he goes, he goes, internet is for white folk. Are you ready? I'm just dying to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I'm ready to speak my fucking mind. The internet is for white folk. I don't own a computer, and I don't care to own one either. Are you serious? I ain't lying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have a computer, and I'm and I'm never gonna have one. And then of course, and then of course, the teacher responds with, you know, well, you know, our library has a lot of, you know, a lot of computers that that you know that you can use. The library has plenty of computers that you can use free of charge. <sighs> Suck my dick, Peckerwood. Isn't he in? A computer lab? <laughs> There's one right in front of him at that moment. <laughs> I think his response is like, suck my dick, Peckerwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, this gives us an idea of some of the interplay between the students. Uh, by the way, the number of students in this school, it numbers maybe, what, 30, 40, maybe? If that, if that. Yeah, and they're always the same people. But yeah. you know, there's only so many extras you can get in these situations. Oh, we we also I was gonna think I was uh, also in that scene in the in the first scene in the computer lab there. That's also the scene where we're where we're introduced to the most driving characteristic of the the retarded guy, and that's his love of the movie Dark Star. The title is Dark Star, and I love it so much. And I've seen this thing on the internet. He does love the movie Dark Star. Now, I'm not sure if they're actually referring to the John Carpenter, Dan O'Bannon. I would assume they're talking about the 1974 John Carpenter classic. I mean, maybe. Uh, he seems like, yeah, I mean, he talks about it in very vague terms. Yeah. And, hey, I love Dark Star, so I'm right there with him. Yeah, it's a great movie. But, but yeah, the, the retarded guy is obsessed with the movie Dark Star. He, he owns it. He owns 15 copies on VHS. <laughs> I myself own 15 copies on VHS. I can probably lend all of you one. Okay, that, that's enough. Get I back can give you one, but you should return that, them that, to me. That's enough. They are rare. That's enough. <laughs> See, he, he, he heard that you can order it on beta. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's the kind of dialogue we're talking about, folks. <laughs> yeah. uh, we do get a little bit of kind of background of some of the characters in the following scenes, where we find out that the jocks they're really babied by the uh, principal who yeah. lets them get away with everything because they just say they're practicing for the big game and all mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, and then we start spending a little bit more time with Derek and Derwin. And, you know, it's funny because their characters are made as sympathetic as you can really make people who are about to murder all of their classmates. Yeah, it was, I, I always, I found it really surprising how charming, you know, like I found Derwin, you know, like, I mean, like I didn't really, I mean, you know, Derek, he, he you know, he's a very depressive sort of character, but, right. um, but, but Derwin, like, he doesn't seem like the type of guy who would not have friends, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, they're very, they're sort of relatable characters, or at least Derwin is a pretty relatable character to some extent. Yeah. I mean, he's depressed, probably a, a kind of person who overthinks. And now, we also have to, I think we have to make it very clear, despite the fact that this is based on Columbine, obviously so, um, these characters, they have similarities to the look of the real people who took part in that incident, but mm. their personalities are not necessarily really based on that. No, right? no, no. No, I'm, no, but I'm saying, like, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris and I exactly. I hate the fact that I still remember their names, but um, but you know, but I'm saying like like Derwin as a character, like it does, it, like it almost it almost kind of brings me out of the film. Like anytime he talks, because it's like he always has this kind of like half smile smirk thing going on, and he's he always seems like he's having a lot of fun, and and it's just like you know, it's like that's a dude I want to hang out with. Like he seems really cool. <laughs> I don't right, know. right, exactly. And yeah. Now uh, when they are hanging out together, it is interesting because they're usually doing it surrounded by Nazi paraphernalia. Yeah, true. I mean, pictures of Hitler and and uh, swastikas. And admittedly, admittedly, I don't like that part about them. <laughs> it's very interesting that they included that aspect. It's yeah. only because it does seem very much at odds at the portrayal that they're that they're putting out there. Yeah. I mean, they do it as a shock factor type thing. But when uh, Derwin is uh, reading, uh, sorry, when Derek is reading Mein, mein Kampf, Kampf. <laughs> at school, and it's supposed to be this kind of shitty thing when the black guy walks by and he rips the fucking pages out of it and throws it on the ground. What the fuck is this? What the fuck are you doing? You know, I don't like you. I don't like you either. Now give me my fucking book. This is hate literature, Whitey. Take your fucking book. Yeah, you don't. Why, I mean, what was he expecting? You know, yeah. and then he t- and then he turns around and he's wearing a shirt that says "I hate white people." <laughs> yes, there's that element of it as well. But again, you know, so, so I mean, like, but it, it cracks me up. Like, this is an entire movie full of. I mean, like a hundred percent. Like the entire cast are all assholes. Like it's like like there, there's not a single you know, character, with the exception of maybe the retarded guy who you can actually, like, sympathize for and, like, feel bad, you know, when they're ultimately murdered, you know? That's true, because even the even the, the, the teachers and the principal in the school are shown to be assholes they're or every, incompetent. In everybody, way. everybody in the entire film... You know, and actually, there's even a scene where where the retarded guy is shown as a little bit of an asshole, too. But I don't think it's intentional. I just think he... You know, it, it just kind of comes off that way. But I mean, like, but so like every single character in the film, with the exception of the one guy who's mentally handicapped, it, you know, it comes off as a total asshole. It's pretty, yeah. it's it's pretty wild when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And but again, that that goes into this kind of uh, heightened reality, you know, yeah. from the perspective of these two characters that that everyone is this sort of cliche. Yeah. I mean, intentional or not, that that is how it comes off. Everyone is a cliche, but everyone's this exaggerated cliche. Uh, yeah. Now what happens? Oh, we get to learn a little bit about how uh, Derek and Derwin they love to create. Well, they they create homemade explosives. Yeah. But they also like to launch rockets. This is a very bizarre sequence where they launch this giant rocket in a field. It didn't make any sense. I mean, uh, like 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 in terms of the movie itself, it didn't make any sense. I mean, I guess it's to show that they have an aptitude for this sort of uh, construction. But they did that already, though. Yeah, they really did. It was very bizarre. Anyway, they they set off this giant rocket, and yeah. it's it cuts to stock footage of like an actual yeah, rocket yeah, yeah, going yeah. off. Yeah, like a space shuttle. Yeah, I mean, it it felt that cer- that scene certainly felt like padding, which is surprising because the movie as a whole, which by the way, for maybe I think the first time, this is uh, full over ninety minutes. It's a real movie. Yeah. 
uh, and and it doesn't have a ton of padding. So I mean, hey, maybe know. maybe that uh, maybe that rocket they they built, maybe that was the disco missile that would be performing at the senior prom. Disco missile will be performing at the senior prom. Maybe <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So yeah, so we we we've learned a little bit more about them. Uh, the next major thing to happen. But is... hold on, we're, yeah, we're, we're we're jumping ahead though. I was gonna, sure. we were saying like um uh you know like like that whole scene with them with them building the 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 I mean the comically oversized rocket. It's huge. It's gigantic. You know, it's not it's not like it's not like you know. I mean, and we're we're talking about like we're talking about a rocket that they literally light a fuse and run away from. Um, this thing stands like 17 feet high. It's, it's not little. It's way, way big. You know, and, and like, I mean, I, and I understand what you're saying. Like, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're gonna use that to show their, uh, their ability to work with explosive material. But they, I mean, but like we had just said, we, they did that two seconds earlier in the scene where they get the, um, the, the, the warhead from China in, in the most, you know, <laughs> Uh, horribly packaged box ever. <laughs> it barely has any. It's not sealed at all. It just kind of opens up. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there's like it's like it's sealed, but it's sealed with duct tape. You know, and it has like weird like fake Chinese writing on it and the word fragile, just written in pen. You know, yeah. but um, but but in that scene, you know, they had they were having this whole conversation about about uh building like pipe bombs and shit and like working with like nitroglycerin so it's like right they know. even mentioned like uh the anarchist handbook yeah. very popular those kind of documents which which were very very popular certainly at the time i i had a copy oh yeah I, everybody i know had a copy even if they had no intention of ever using it for I, any purpose I never used it for anything yeah it just felt like a dangerous thing to it, have it, to be honest with you, I mean, if you read through it, it was a dangerous thing to have. <laughs> Again, in retrospect, there's just so much danger out there that we could have just seeked out. So the next major incident to occur is, uh, because at this point, they're very disaffected, but they're very much uh, in the way that a lot of teenagers are, are uh, feel ostracized from yeah. society. Uh, but the, the next incident is what really kind of pushes them over the edge, and this is when Derwin gets his ass destroyed by these uh, jocks. And this scene is not played for... I mean, there's a couple of funny moments in terms of the dialogue, but it's brutal. They beat the shit out of him. Warning, the next segment contains brutal violence and might be considered inappropriate by some sissy Marys who can't handle a little violence. Why don't you go have a little cry about it? You've been warned, bitches. Oh. Yeah, come on. Oh. Get another one! Come on, man! Now I got a... <laughs> the fuck? Get up! Uh, you call my mama crack whore? Yeah. The yeah. fuck, man? Because uh, she is. Don't hit a faggot with glasses. What's next? Gang rape? Yeah, oh. we're gonna fucking gang rape you, little bitch, you little fucking fuck, faggot. Fuck, man. Oh. Faggot. Oh. Come on! Yeah, hit come him again, man. got shit. Hit oh. 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 It is it's one of the most brutal beatdown scenes I think I've ever seen on film. Like, you know, like those like I mean who whoever did the the 
blood effects, you know, I mean, they, they earned their money on this scene. Yeah, there's, there's good, uh, there's, there's, uh, I mean, the, the, the violence overall in this movie is actually, it's quite a few steps above a lot of what we've seen so Absolutely. far. Uh, but there's a part, uh, the kind of the, the major, uh, the piece de resistance of this scene is that he gets freak, uh, sliced into his stomach. Yeah. The word as freak. I was, as I was watching that, <laughs> I asked myself the question, why does this guy have gloves? A mask and a scalpel. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, why, why does he just have that stuff on him? Well, I think that, that, I mean, it, it's obviously that no. part is played for kind of almost airplane sight gag. Yeah, I, 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 I got it. I, I, I just like, you know, it just, just, you know, it, it, it just, it seemed that for the gravity of the, right. of the, you know, of the scene that just took place, it just seemed like an oddly placed joke. Yeah, it, it 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 did. It did seem out of place in terms of the brutality. I, I think, you know, maybe that's an intentional counterpoint, or maybe they just didn't realize how brutal it was going to come off. Because that's that's yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's a little hard to say. Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, j- just to just to go back for a second, uh, the Derek and um, Derwin are going to do a presentation in that internet class, but because Derwin gets his ass beat. He's uh, he's not going to be at school the next day. That's, that, it's not a major plot point, but it's something that's coming up. The next day, it shows the jocks hanging around. The, my favorite bit of dialogue, maybe in the entire movie. <laughs> do you know what I'm going to say here? I think I do. But go ahead. Well, it's the spam jock, and he he, he says, uh, "Who do I look like, Caruso?" And he's talking about David Caruso from NYPD Blue, and he he just talks like he just says all this random shit about yeah. it, and it's hilarious because of how unnecessary it is for the plot. But I have to say, I did enjoy that, that bit of dialogue. Well, well any, any conversation about getting a handy from a 13-year-old is, yes. uh, is pretty funny. Yeah, like, so, like, Alexandra wouldn't give me a hand job, but then she gave one to JP. JP? Wait a minute, isn't Alexandra, like, 13 or something? Yeah, so. Well, isn't that, like, statutory rape? Yeah. Who do I look like? David fucking Caruso? I don't know. David Caruso... He's a cop, NYPD Blue. That, yeah, that whole entire, you know, like, like we, we, we kind of failed to mention about how this movie's broken up into, like, sections, you know? And uh, I think this is the third section, uh, which I Yeah, think is- of it like, like Clerks, how, how uh, you know, the title would come on the screen yeah. and it would actually split the movie up. We had a Abomination and Pestilence and that sort of thing. Yeah, this one's Pestilence. The last one was Heard. Right. Yeah, an abomination. That's the one I couldn't remember. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so he comes on and he's ta- and, the, and the the gearhead guy is talking about how he's pissed off that this chick didn't give him a hand job, but gave this other guy a hand job. And the spam jock says to him something to the effect of uh, of uh, dude, isn't she thirteen? You know, like isn't that like statutory rape? <laughs> you know. And he goes, and then the guy says to him like, well, you know, what do I care? What do I, what am I, David Caruso? Why does he say that? And the fuck, and, the, and he goes, you know, the guy from NYPD Blue and. uh and spam bot, spam bot. That's funny, uh, man. I'm on Twitter way too much. The uh, the, the spam jock just go just looks at him and he goes, David Caruso. <laughs> yeah, you obviously have a much stronger memory of the scene than well, I. I do. just watched it. I just watched it. Like you know, I mean, I, I just finished before we uh, before we started recording. But do do you remember what he does immediately after that though? No. Okay. As soon as as soon as he's done 
you know, with this whole David Caruso thing, the, the, I, I kind of dubbed him the emo goth because he's, oh, right. Yeah. You know, he comes walking down the stairs with his girlfriend and, the, and, and he goes, and he goes like, Hey, fag or Hey, queer or something. You know, he's constantly calling him fag or queer through the entire movie and right. then just gut kicks him. Yeah. He fucking demolishes him with a kick. And it's it's the it's such a brutal act of completely senseless and needless violence that even I was taken aback by how like disturbed I was by the fact that he just did that. You know, you know what, what's what's really interesting about that is not that it feels real, but it does feel like something. That happens, yeah. you know, and maybe because we're in very much a culture right now, bullying and all yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Uh, but but these are these privileged students, and they see someone who is this goth, and they just, you know, he's walking on the stairs. I'm gonna kick him in the stomach, and yeah. I'm just gonna do it, right? Yeah. I think he even follows it up by saying something like, "We are the coolest kids in school," yeah, yeah, or something the, like the, that. Yeah, 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 exactly. The two of them, go, we're the coolest kids, and then they high five, and, yeah. then, and then the guy, and then he says, um. You know, and then like, uh, and, and, uh, the 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 next thing that happens the, immediately after that, I, I I laughed so hard at, like I couldn't believe, like I had just gone from such shock to such hilarity from the same character, but it, but this was something that like like what happens now is is something that actually happened a lot with the jock character type kids who I went to school with and he goes he goes to the other guy he goes he goes yeah I'll see you in the showers and then he and then he grabs the dude's butt we are the coolest kids in school yeah <laughs> yeah I'll see you in gym class yeah man, I'll see you in the showers exactly <laughs> and I'm like I'm like yeah. wow yeah, they put they pushed that homoeroticism they up to really, eleven, and really and of really course did. he was just calling that guy fag. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like I, I mean, it's it. it's. It, I mean, these are intentional elements that are in there. They, this is oh, yeah. this is. There's some legitimate satire going on here. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, like, but I definitely thought that this. I definitely thought that the um, parody, you know, satire done with the spam jock was probably some of the most accurate, at least in regards to you know to a lot of the jocks that I knew. Right, um, and he could pull it off because he's a bit of a higher quality actor as well. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, of course he could. He didn't really look like a jock at all. I mean, he was just—he was, he was like a fat guy, but he did look like a guy who ate a lot of spam. But I mean, the football teams would have, you know, yeah, true. Like that. Yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense. I mean, because he basically looked like what I—I I mean, like it's creepy, but he looked exactly like what I looked like in high school. And um, or this movie was working on on layers and levels for you, Mo. It really was. <laughs> it really was. You know, I mean, I didn't act like that in high school, so to speak. But I mean, but I mean, I knew people who act like that, who acted like that, I should say. And and I definitely looked like that dude in high school. Yeah, actually, there's a uh, there's a picture of me somewhere in my school library in high school. You know, with the the same exact uh, with the same exact facial hair that the spam jock guy had and it, it was creepy when i saw that <laughs> i bet that was kind of creepy uh so they do go to the uh the internet class which is apparently one of the few classes that they have to, to. <laughs> the one class they seem to take and and the, the hippie girl is singing a song i think it was called um ode to the internet okay i just want to conclude my presentation with a little song that i wrote about the internet i call it ode to the internet Thank mm-hmm. you. 
There's so much information. The internet is wonderful, and so are all of you. Okay. That was wonderful. <laughs> right. And, and, I mean, it's ridiculous and awful. There's, like, somebody's making fart noises while she's playing or... Yeah. I mean, these students are, you know, it, it is an exaggerated sense of, of these students don't give a shit about anything. They're not yeah. paying attention. They don't care. For Derek and Derwin's presentation now, of, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, just Derek in the room and he writes on the, on the blackboard in front of everybody how to make an atom bomb. Yeah, how to make, yeah, how to, <laughs> exactly. And then like, there's just shocked stares. Uh, and that's, again, I think the teacher says something like, I have nothing else to do but be forced to fail you, which is just another one of his really awkward sentences. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, yeah, because, cause, yeah, he, like, he fails them because they're not prepared. But meanwhile, like, he doesn't, you know, like, if somebody's out sick, you know, or I guess in his case, out beaten up, you know, like, wh- like why would he fail him? You know, why why couldn't Derek do the, you know, do the presentation by himself? Yeah, well, then, then, uh. Of course, now I'm thinking too much. Yeah, stop all that thinking. I, I really that's, do. That's, I need to stop. That's your thinking. problem, I think. That's I think today, I think today it is. I really do think today it is. <laughs> I just want to go back to a Misty Monday's Bible Girl character for Please. a moment. Um, oh, that's she, right, because we totally forgot the, the, the disgusting scene with the, um, with the principal. How's my favorite student? Me? Oh, I'm great. You're coming to my youth group meeting tonight, aren't you? I'm a little too mature for that. But I thank you anyway. Oh. Well, well, God bless. God bless you. Yeah, the principal leers over her, and he's staring down her dress. I mean, lecherous. Yeah, he's a real scumbag. Um, and, but her as a character, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, she's uh, despite the fact that she's obsessed with the Bible, and she spends the whole uh, first half of the movie asking people to come to this Bible meeting that she's supposed to uh, be to attending. Her youth group, yeah. But I mean, she is as terrible to uh, to the main characters as anyone in the movie is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and in fact, she even uh, uh, like. She spits and and uh, on on um on uh yeah when Derwin gets his ass when Derwin gets his ass right, kicked right. yeah he's like lying he's laying there hurt and she she kind of like leans over him and I like how they do that they do like that effect of like looking through Derwin's eyes and he's all right. like hazy you know and and she goes she goes she goes looks like somebody, somebody should turn the other cheek. And then she kicks him. <laughs> oh, that's right. She kicks him. That's right. I mean, it's it's it, it, she's she's a despicable character. Uh, really, is the best uh, actor or actress in this movie by a considerable uh, amount. Absolutely. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of Misty Monday films. Um, for those who are not aware, who might be listening, she does a lot of softcore parodies of movies. Yeah, that, that yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I mean, to name a couple, the ones specifically that I've seen, um, I've seen Spider Babe. Um, <laughs> I've seen uh, Lord of the G Strings, uh, the female ship of the ring, I believe it's called. Mo, you ever feel like you've, uh, you, and not you specifically, but us, that maybe we're wasting our lives with some of these awful movies? Yes. <laughs> all the goddamn time. Yeah, no. Yeah, like, no, these are, these are all movies that, like, they play on, like, Skinamax at, you know, yeah. four o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, 
you know, yeah, I used to, I used to catch these things all the time, and and yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen my share of Misty Monday films. Yeah, I, I have, I've seen a, a movie of hers called Shaka Rama, mm-hmm. uh, which was like a uh, anthology film. Yeah, and she's she's in one of the segments, and she's actually basically playing herself. Very, very, actually, it, it, I think she's trying to break out of these softcore movies mm. uh, to be a bit more of a legitimate screen queen type character. Um, and and I mean she's very good in that movie as well, which by the way isn't is a pretty good movie. She's good. I mean, like if if you know if you're gonna if you're gonna waste your time watching a shitty you know softcore flick, you know I mean if it says Misty Monday on there, I mean it's probably worth checking out. It's probably directed by Jim Wynorski. That's probably too good. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, she's good in this movie uh, as a complete horrible bitch. Mm-hmm. Her she's getting some good moments. There's some great moments for her coming up. Derek and Derwin now get together because uh, Derwin, after his awful ass beating, Derek comes to visit him at home and see how he's doing. Yeah. And again, we see all these swastikas and Nazi paraphernalia, and he puts on the helmet and stuff like that. Um, but I think this is the turning point in the movie where they both have decided that they, they can't take living like this anymore. Uh, Derek before, I think Derek has been suicidal since the first scene of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but Derwin here, I think realizing that, that thinking he'll never be accepted, that, that he's just, he actually has a, a, some really great lines in this scene, actually. I, you know, I was just, I was just about to say that this, this is, uh, this is the scene where, where we kind of walk in and Derwin's watching like that ultra violent anime when he's like laying in bed and he's all fucked up and, you know, he says, but he, I love the fact that he says, but don't worry. And I ordered this cream, cream, yeah. this cream on the internet for battered wives and makes bruises disappear the next day. It's like, come on. But, um, but, but I, I actually think that like, I think like 85% of that scene is really quality. You know, it's quality material. It's probably the best acted scene in the film. Uh, most of that being, you know, the work of William Hellfire. There's a real, my favorite, well, not my favorite, but I think the best acted scene of the movie comes a little bit later, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up then. But certainly yeah. when these two actors, the two directors in this case, but when they're together, they really do bring out the most uh, legitimate emotion in this film. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and so the two of them are, the two of them start, you know, they're discussing their plan, you know, or they discuss the, you know, the, 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 the incident of him getting beaten up first. And, you know, they discuss, they, they start coming up with that plan to, to destroy the school and, and to off themselves. And, you know, and then, and then of course they had to bring up bowling because, you know, that was, right. yeah, <laughs> I'll just, I'll leave it there. But they make the decision. They're going to buy guns. They're going to bring pipe bombs to school. Yeah. This, this is going to happen at this point. That shit's going down. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And, uh, but you know, I was just, I was just thinking though, how like, you know, like, remember, like I was just saying, like, 85% of that scene is really great. And then there's, like, little moments, like, when when Derek says stuff like, you know... It's any consolation, I'm with you, brother. You know, or something like that. Like, he, like he, he... I don't know, like, he tries to, like, put some, like, flair on how he's on how he's talking, and it just, right. it just doesn't work at all. Yeah, there's some moments that ring false here. There's, there's moments... Yeah. I think it's a little bit later, but they're, they're talking to each other about... How, what they're going to do when they get into the school, uh, and and actually it's it's a kind of a there's some clever lines in there, but they keep referring and I, I they keep referring to the black uh, guy in school as African American as the African American, which I laughed so hard. I mean, it seemed like they were very intentionally using African American as the way to describe him, uh, yeah. but but it also felt really false. It felt like that is not what you know these characters were not going to say that i kind of like to get that african-american kid that taught my mind comic book 
Maybe I shouldn't kill him though. He's doing me too much of a favor. <laughs> well, I was just wondering if, like, you know, one of those uh, uh, racist pamphlets that said that African Americans had different colored brains. You know. They would never, ever, if they were, if they were, they weren't in public, they weren't at the school, they were in their bedroom, right. you know, talking to each other. There is no way that they would have passed up that opportunity to use the N-word there. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And I mean, especially with how they're speaking in that scene. And, and let's make it clear, we're not supporting their use of that and we're not no, no, wishing no, just, that it was there, but it makes I'm that scene the, ring I'm false. just saying the character would have been more believable. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now we go from the scene into the what is supposed to be the Bible meeting, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, the uh, the the Bible girl Misty Monday. She is convinced this other prissy uh, bitch character to go with her to this. Uh, it, it's a club, really. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's it's a fucking metal club. It's not. It's actually uh, the band playing is uh, Today's the Day, which is a like a grindcore band. I yeah, mean, yeah. They're, they're hardcore, and I have to say. They're pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not really too into that kind of style of music. But I mean, that's not to say I don't listen to my fair share of grind. But I'm just saying the, uh, you know, like that particular band I've never been into. But um, but to have that, to have that scene kind of like show up and it just really out of nowhere, especially after the Bible girl like you know go hops up on stage and announces them. Right. Is, Christian rockers and holy rollers. I don't really see any familiar faces in the crowd tonight, but I'm really glad that you all came to my youth group meeting. So let's start grooving and shaking for tonight's Christian rock band. They're called Today is the Day. Ow! You know, it's, oh, are you guys ready? You know, Christian rockers, we're gonna, you know, we got some good Christian fun for you. It's like, here's the day, you know, here's today's the day. You know, and he gets on there, and he's like, Brrr. right. <laughs> and I mean, of course, that that style of music is so intense and has so much kind of anger behind it. it it's 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 very visceral. Yeah, and I mean, there's, some, and I'll give the the directors credit in this case when they show them play, and there's not only sweat dripping off all of them, but there's spit all over the microphone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a very intense scene. I think it, I think it might actually be the I think it might actually be the best shot scene of the film. Maybe so. Yeah. And it, it starts it's been cut it cuts from uh these I mean it, it's kind of played for laughs yeah, to yeah. to Derek and Derwin who are going into the same location to try to buy some guns. Well, let's hold on though. Let's sure. let's 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 not skip over what happens with the Bible girl. Oh yeah, she she vomits. <laughs> she gets she gets so worked up over this band who is not what she thought it was that she throws up on the <laughs> other girl i love it you, you just love it you love that idea i uh, love it well let's just let's just put it this way i think uh, i think uh, vf cinema would have a uh, you know would have a problem with this movie <laughs> I, I think that's fair to say uh, <laughs> i mean it, it treats everybody with equal disrespect at the Absolutely. very least um, so we do get uh, Derek and Derwin to come in, and and they're looking to buy guns from basically a jack of all scum trade. I love that guy. He's he's so great. Uh, I think someone on Twitter might have said that this is the scene where they they sort of lost all hope for the movie. But I have to say, this is another moment where I feel like there's a level of inspiration here that is working above what you usually see in these films. Basically, they present yeah. 
they, they present this this guy who's who is the scumbag. Yeah, I mean, basically, he he's basically like if you know if the scumbag community had a talk show, this guy would be the scumbag talk show host. Yeah, he brings out what's supposed to be a twelve-year-old sex slave and basically tries to sell her to them. Look, have you ever fucked a twelve-year-old's cunt? I know, I know. You boys are looking for a little pussy. I got lots of girls. Do you ever fuck a 12-year-old's cunt? Come here. Would you like to fuck a 12-year-old's cunt? That's that's a line from the film, folks. That's not <laughs> yeah, that's, Mo just making that's conversation. That's not my opinion. That is a line <laughs> from the movie. Uh, but it suddenly uh, goes into like a... Uh, when when they ask for guns instead, it goes into a game show basically game show, where yeah. where they're showing off all of the goods, uh, and these topless models are showing these guns and they're they're listing the details about them, uh, like Rod Roddy did on The Price Is Right. Tell them what they want, Bobby. Here we got a couple of 357 Magnums. Take your pick. A four and two inch barrel. They're what we call one shot drop guns. The cops call them hand cannons. It's a little bit disturbing it just having this kind of cutting back and forth because this is not only a very scummy character, but obviously we know what they're buying these guns for. Well, yeah. And it's uh, it's it's a comedic scene, but it's also uh, disturbing on some level. And uh, but but it, it it's played in a really kind of exaggerated way. I think it works really well. It's it's surprising how well the scene works for a scene that is essentially about two guys buying guns so they can murder their schoolmates. Yeah, another line that that scumbag guy. I think he says something like, "I hate fucking women. They're only good for fucking and verbal abuse." Well, that that whole that whole little bit there, like after after the the I, I've been calling him the D's, you know. Right. Uh, after they leave, yeah, he, he he calls over this assistant who has the perkiest. Never mind. And tell, tells her to grab a. We're crowbar. working clean here, Mo. Clean. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's tough because <laughs> she had nice tits. But no he says blue. he says to her, he goes he goes. Yo, slut! Come over here. Get your bony little ass over here. Come on. Come here. Come on. Come here. Now. Come here. I want you to go get me a crowbar and a big jar of Vaseline and get that fat fucking whore that nobody wants to fuck anymore and you bring it to me. What the fuck are you still waiting for? Hate fucking women. They're only good for fucking and verbal abuse. I'm not laughing at that. I think that I am. I think terrible. that's hilarious. It's the, right. it's the most terrible thing ever. And you know, and that and that's when he says the line. He goes, "Yeah, women. You know, use uh, they're, they're only good for fucking and verbal abuse." Uh, it's it. it, it Wow. Seeing these guns in the hands of, of and knowing what's coming next, uh, there, there's a line, there's a little joke that's made, and it's one of those really terrible jokes where he says, uh, I can't remember which character says it, but he goes, you think you're going to miss any of the kids at school? And not they, at this range. Not at this range. Uh, I mean, really disturbing stuff when you think about it. It's, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty rough. But I, but, but, you know, but at the same time, they're inspecting their guns and they do talk about ice cream. 
Yes, they do. That's you true. Know, they, they say, hey, you know, tomorrow when we go when we go bowling, you want to you want to get some ice cream. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Says he, he says he wants to get a he says he wants to get a uh, uh, like a like a cherry ice or something right. like that. <laughs> uh, we do get now more interaction between Derek and Derwin, uh, and they they make a few jokes like that where where people are saying, you know, I don't want to get a call from the principal, and they're like, you'll never hear from that guy again, <laughs> that sort of stuff. But there's a really bizarre scene where uh, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's uh, Derek's father, and his mother's an alcoholic. His father's a drunken, uh, abusive person. Yeah. But they're about to go to school and do this thing, and it shows him with a pot, and he has the cat in it. Yeah. And he kills the cat with a hammer for some reason. So insane. It's insane. I mean, things are going over the top at this point in this really, I mean, it's getting nuts. And yeah. it's, it, it, it's ramping up to something, and it really... And and I mean I think you'll agree with this. Uh, it 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 delivers. I mean it's it's going to hit hard with everything it has from now. Absolutely, on. yeah, yeah. The the actual massacre scene is. I mean it's some of the it's some of the. I mean well, it's definitely the best effects in the movie. I mean it's it, it the brutal level of violence stays over the top pretty much through the end of the film at this point. And yeah, it's, 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 it's almost a little rough to watch. It is a little rough to watch. Yeah. I mean, for, for a number of different reasons. For one, the fact that it is based on this real incident and there are moments yeah, yeah. in it where it sort of brings to mind, uh, cause it, it starts cutting to news footage and some of it's black and white. And I mean, it starts to just, in your mind, these kind of elements mix together in a way that, you know, it starts to become emotionally affecting, even if it's still, and that's, this is the weird thing about this movie as a whole, even when they're still played for laughs, even when they're adding these ridiculous, exaggerated elements into all exactly. parts of it. Exactly. Uh, it, it happens, by the way, this massacre occurs uh, during uh, lunch or like in a cafeteria. Well, really a church hall, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to be the school cafeteria. They don't even try to hide that it's no. like, it, it, there's like uh, paper, uh, just like in Las Vegas Bloodbath, like the walls are not the walls, it's all covered up so you can't see what the walls are supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. But you gotta make do, right? Uh, no, it, no, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not taking anything away from that, I'm just saying it's really obvious. <laughs> uh, and they throw a pipe bomb into the school and it, there's this uh, noise, this big explosion that people can hear in the cafeteria, and uh, someone, I think one of the bullies says, someone threw another M80 in the shitter, uh, and everyone laughs. Everyone starts laughing. And that's when they enter the room. And that's also, by the way, where the, the title comes from. It's actually a little bit confusing for it to be called Duck, the Carbine High Massacre. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we, get, a, we get a taste of, of why... Uh, of that's what, true. You know, earlier in the film, one of the uh, there's there's this ongoing gag of the uh, of the the, the the intercom person coming on and saying just really stupid, ridiculous shit. And so, for some reason, at the end of the last computer class scene, um, as the uh, as the retarded character is getting stuck on chairs and trying to get himself out uh, uh, of the room, the uh, uh, over the announcer person comes on and talks about how oh, tomorrow is the uh, the anniversary. Of Hitler's death. Now, why they would say that on the on the on the loudspeaker makes no right. Sense is that at all. the kind of thing you announce to a high school? Yeah, it's like, hey, everybody, I know you're only 17, but tomorrow is the anniversary of Hitler's death. I oh hope boy, you're ready. you know, and they, and they say and they say they go uh, they go duck will be served, dress appropriately. Also, tomorrow is the anniversary of Hitler's no. death. No. Tomorrow at our cafeteria, and duck. You'll be served for lunch. Please dress accordingly. Right. What? 
also, what 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 school in the world has had duck served as their fucking lunch? Yeah, and uh, since when since when is going to high school lunch a fucking black tie event? You know? <laughs> dress appropriately, uh, and, and so that sets up this moment where they they kind of jump up on the tables. And that's actually a really interesting moment too, where they come in with the guns and nobody pays attention to them. There's actually a, there's actually a lot of really funny there's there's a couple of really funny bits that happen before they come into the school, um, like well as as the students are just talking, and, and I wanted to actually mention mention a couple of them because right. um they're they're really funny. There, there there's at least three really really funny bits uh, before they come in and, and and are ignored. One is they you know they're cutting to a bunch of people talking and they cut to the black guy and he just goes I fucking hate all these people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the uh, and this like white dude who's sitting next to me goes yeah man I feel it, you know, and, and the dude's just like, shut up, white boy, you know. <laughs> I hate all these fucking people. They all look like fucking retards. How am I doing? Here? I hate it, bro. Get out of here, white boy. Which is, of course, one of the one of the more tame lines he says. That's, because that's basically, true. You know, like just just the fact that he just that all he said was "shut up, white boy," but that made me laugh so so much. And then there's a scene of the Bible girl talking to the retarded guy, and this is one of my favorite <laughs> lines in the entire movie. She goes, she goes to him. She goes, she goes. You know, in the Bible, it says that the meek shall inherit the earth. And the retarded guy goes, "I'm the Bible." <laughs> And it's such like it's such like a Ralph Wiggum moment that like it's like oh that's so brilliant like that is the best line ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know yeah. these these characters are cartoons, but yeah, yeah, they're definitely given their moments. But um, then, but then, but there's one more. There's one more I wanted right? to mention, and then, and then we'll move on. The the uh, uh, almost immediately after that, the the spam jock is talking with his friends, and you know, and he and he kind of like <laughs> just really out of nowhere, he's sitting with an empty plate in front of him, and he just slams a can of spam on it, and he, and they're like spam. And he's like, yeah, I love this shit. He goes, but spam. And then he says to him, he goes, he goes, shut your fucking pie hole, you fucking shit loving meat faggot. Spam. <laughs> yeah. So what? I love this shit. Spam? Shut your fucking pie hole, you fucking shit-loving meat faggot! <laughs> oh my! You know, uh, and it's just like, and it's just like, man, they crammed in like three or four really surprisingly funny jokes right before a massacre scene. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're basically unloading all of this comedic material. Yeah, before... because those characters are going to be dead in a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and there's there's no way around it. We know what's coming. <laughs> Um, so, so, uh, Derek and Derwin come into the, uh, to the room, uh, hop up on the table to get their attention, and, uh, they, uh, yell at one of the jocks, what's for lunch? Hey! What's for lunch? Doc? And then they shoot him, and that's when the carnage <laughs> basically begins. Uh, there's a little weird joke that they repeated throughout the thing. It, it was a little bit earlier in that scene when they were referring to the black guy as African-American again, and yeah. again where they talk about uh, that they had read that uh, black people, that their brains are blue, blue. for some reason. Uh, and that's they, – they actually – they kill – the, the black character and his brains are blue and I was I was so upset. Yeah, that's a very bizarre 
I don't know where that comes from at all. Actually, I, I, I've never heard that. I don't. I mean, maybe I mean, it's based on some sort of awful racist text, or something I guess. Like I guess I don't know. I mean, or maybe like uh, maybe something along the same lines of like uh, like Asian people having four eyes or something. I don't know. But I've never I've never heard that before. That you know, black people have blue brains. Yeah. And anyway, that, it's just a strange moment in the middle of it. Um, it was and, really and, weird. Yeah. And then, you know, then death starts happening. There's lots of gunshots. It's very violent. I mean, it's really bloody at this point. Really? Yeah. Uh, they, they kill the, uh, the hippie chick, uh, with the, the guitar. And, and they, yeah, the blood like erupts from behind her yeah, guitar. Yeah, she really gets bloody. <laughs> uh, and they, they do, uh, have a little confrontation with the Bible gal. Aww. Uh, and they start ripping pages out of the Bible. Um, well, I have nothing against that part. <laughs> Nor do I. Sorry, everybody <laughs> listening. <laughs> uh, we're all going to hell. Oh well. What hell? See you there. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, they make her suck on the barrel of the the shotgun. That that scene that scene had they played it just a little bit more menacing, I think would have come off a little bit better. I agree. But but the scene in and of itself was really fucked up. Yeah, it felt like know? something more out of a, a natural born killers type thing. As yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, basically, it's like you know, it's like you know, he's he's having her give his gun a blowjob, and when it you know when it comes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and bye, that's, bye bye head. Yeah, that that's really bloody as well. By the way, it really uh, is. Yeah, it's. I mean, again, this is a. It's it's funny, not funny, but it's interesting. Here people have issues, and uh, not, not you specifically, but the fact that the first kind of half or three quarters are kind of slow, because when it gets going, it is just, it's, it's you know, it's anarchy is what's going on here. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But, but it's, I mean, almo- it's almost like, it's very much like, so this is what you want? Here it is. Here Here's every bit of it. In spades, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, 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 we start getting scenes of the, the reporters outside, and of course they're all, can, no one can be a good person in this. They're all shitty. Uh, Everybody's one of the reporters, a piece of shit. One of the reporters goes, it, it's so exciting. I mean, tragic. And she, that line, by the way, <laughs> is it, the delivery is the worst. It's it so really, terrible. It's, it's pretty terrible. Yeah, I, really, you know, it's funny that this movie is called Duck the Carbine High Massacre. Really what it should be called is Duck, everyone in this movie is a piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and if people keep asking whether the big game is going to be canceled, the one that's coming up. <laughs> I mean, I think I thought that was it's not, actually no, it's not everybody. It's the same character. Oh right, the, the, the same guy keeps asking, like, like he he um, uh, he gets shot in like the gut or something, and he comes running, he comes running out of the building, and they show that material that that same Im- uh, material of him. Uh, the footage, I should say, of him running out of the building. They show right. it over and over again, like like seven times. Yeah, it's a really interesting choice. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know if I'd use the term interesting. I mean, it's it's at least I mean interesting in the sense that it's hard to say why they did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they even go back to and I and I hate the fact that we totally forgot to mention this character, but they even go back to like the um, to the uh, emergency you know uh, operator who they talk to at the beginning of the movie, who's got the thickest Italian accent. Yeah, she uh, it, it, just just to explain that a little bit more. One of the first things that happens in the movie uh is is sort of at this point in the in, in the story yeah, and exactly, it flashes back. Because the whole movie's told in retrospect. Really. Exactly. So yeah. and they, they call a nine one one operator and like you said she has this horribly thick Italian accent. Oh what is this? Uh, you are getting high? Oh you're not fooling me. 
You on drug. And she doesn't believe them, and she's completely non-helpful. And, yeah, and, I mean, like, not like, you know, not, I mean, just, like, when you say horribly thick, I mean, like, I don't even think that just does it justice. I mean, like, it's almost not understandable. Yeah. She's like, you're, you're no a fool of me. You want a drug. You know, I mean, she's like, really, really thick accent. But yeah, but they cut back to her, you know, and she's like, oh, maybe they're not kidding. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it... <laughs> Man, things things are going crazy at this point. Yeah, and everything's wild at this point. It's interesting. Uh, there's also right before that scene where the, the, that they play over and over again. The the principal comes into the school and he actually pulls a student in front of himself like a human shield. Yeah, but, an asshole. <laughs> just in case we didn't think he was scummy enough earlier, right? Uh, he's yeah, he's pure shit. And this, what comes up next, is to me the most emotionally affecting scene in the movie. And the thing, the, probably the scene in this movie that made me give it more credit and made me appreciate it more than any other. And this is the scene where Derek and Derwin are alone together in uh, I think it's like some sort of like closet or something like it's that. Like it's like a broom. It's a broom closet. It's yeah. like a broom closet. I mean, it's a decent size. Yeah. And uh, they're preparing to commit suicide. Yeah. And uh, it's played. <sighs> well, you know, there's a couple of jokes we missed. You know, we, we we jumped over something, and I, sure. I, I kind of I kind of wanted to bring it up. Okay, because, no, please do. Just because I don't I don't want to get into the to the emotionally charged stuff, and, and then and then go back to the laughs. No, I understand. You know, but uh, but but when when the principal comes in, uh, he he gives this line reading that's maybe arguably the worst line reading in the entire film. I know there's a lot of really bad lines in this film, but I think I in my opinion, I think this might top it. He goes, he goes. Oh, Christ, what in tarnation happened here? What in tarnation? And just the <laughs> the way he says it is so fucking awful. And then the then the cop who he's with, he starts looking around and everybody's kinda like dying around, you know, and he throws up, you know, and he goes, The children, they're killing the children. Yeah. You know, that's... he's hol- he's holding a pencil. Who knows what kind of homework assignment he was trying to do? That's right, because one of the bullies, one of the jocks are on the ground and they have a pencil on a piece of paper. On a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. And then of and then of course and then of course the emo goth guy shows up and they shoot him because he's different. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's one of those kind of big, you know, outline moments in the yeah. movie. Uh, yeah. It's actually a very, it's interesting, but it's also a little, uh, you know, a little on the nose, I think, for what they're trying to do. Oh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, you're right. The, the, those are moments that we shouldn't have for, uh, shouldn't miss. Um, so we have this scene between Derek and Derwin in the broom yeah, closet. And, and, you, and, I, and I think you're right. I think this is, this is probably, you know, this, this, I, I still think, I mean, the two best scenes in the film are really kind of almost, you know, coincidentally, the, the two, you know, uh, double D scenes, you know, where it's just the, the, the Derwin and, and Derek. Yeah, and and they they have this kind of back and forth. I mean, they know exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, <laughs> they they're smoking a cigarette. I think they they say that they're going to have one now and they're going to save one for purgatory. Yeah. Um. And but it's it's kind of the dialogue. Some of it is actually still kind of funny, but it's also it's really it's it's kind of it's very darkly funny. It is. It's very. It's it's total black humor. But they're not scared, and no, they're no, not no. they're not angry, and I mean they're very much just. This is what we're going to do. They're going to put their uh, shotguns or rifles, at the very least, at you know one pointing at one, one pointing at the other. So they're pointing at each other, uh, and basically pull the triggers on three. 
Yeah. And it's it's funny. They're ex- explaining it to each other, and uh, they're going to do it on three, and they do, they do it once where they count the one, two, three, and then they don't do it. And they both laugh, and it's it's it, you know it's kind of a it's not a real moment, but there's enough reality in it that it's it's just a really I, I'll tell you that's a hard scene to watch. It, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's it's rough, and it's also um, it 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 there is enough reality in it. There really is. There there's something that that kind of hits me in a, in an emotional way that uh, you know suddenly it kind of put the whole movie in black and white, and it you know it it really. It gave me a better appreciation for what they were. No, doing. you're absolutely right. This is this is the scene that ties a bow, you know, ties a little bow on the entire movie and makes every terrible thing that happened earlier in the film. I mean, as far as like acting or or whatever is concerned, you know, it, it makes all of that shit. It gives it all a pass because this is this is one of the very few true moments in the film, and it's just enough, as far as I'm concerned, it's just enough to save the entire movie. Right. Well, I mean, it's 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 interesting, too, that they decide not to give either of them kind of a very clean ending, because when they do it, when they finally shoot each other... It's surprisingly realistic. It's was, su- it is surprisingly I've, I've seen, realistic. I've seen gunshot suicide, you know, videos before, and it's 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 creepy. I mean, Derek, he dies almost immediately. Yeah. Uh, the, the shot is fairly clean, and he kind of collapses. Uh, but Derwin, uh, I think he shoots himself in the neck. Uh, and well, he, they shoot each other. Yeah, they shoot each other. Yeah. So he gets shot in the neck. It, it misses the target, so to speak. And he's kind of twitching for a while. Yeah, exactly. And it's played in a really um, realistic, like you said. And, Surprisingly realistic. And disturbing way. Yeah. Um, and, and it's it's kind of an... Interesting. It's a very poignant, almost coda to what mm-hmm. is going on here, because it because of how they play it. Yeah. Because you know, it, the expectation would be that you, they pull the trigger, they both die, and that's sort of it. But it, it, they just let it linger a little longer than than you might expect. Yeah, it's almost like torture. You know, like yeah. they're, they're forced. They're forcing you to watch. You know, I mean, they, I mean, they've already forced you to watch what these two guys have already done. You know, now now they're forcing you to watch what they've done to themselves, and it's it's. Yeah, it's 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 probably it's not probably it is the hardest scene in the movie to watch. Yeah, and and I mean I think that they they probably recognize that because they follow it up with a lot of comedy, really Just a ton of super silliness. Yeah, really silly. A lot of testimony right to the camera. Yeah, yeah. People getting interviewed about things, uh, and and it gets really goofy. Like they're talking to the parents, and it's funny because now you get to see the parents kind of back to back, where it's the same actor and actress in, yeah. different, in different costumes and things like that. He loved my spam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's even one character who says that uh, he blames it on the Roswell incident. Well, yeah, he's yeah he's he's what I, re- I like to refer to as the random expert. You know, like, yeah. like all of these films, there's always some random expert. You know, and, yeah, and he's and meanwhile he's talking about how it's how it's aliens and how it's uh, how nothing's been the same since Roswell. And meanwhile, like this janitor character who's kind of been helping them out through the entire film. You know, like he runs into like a like a porta potty and. And, and like an alien spaceship takes off, behind and the spaceships are, are like pure Ed Wood. Uh, it's a toilet, but it's not even. No, it's not even that quality. You know, yeah. like, like the Ed Wood one. That was at least a model. You know, like this was just like it was like one of those like toilet stoppers. You know, that you that that, that, that goes in the tank to stop. You know, to stop the water from going out after it's been flushed. It, just pure pure insanity and then at that point basically right after the toilet stopper then we get then we get closing credits you yeah know? the closing credits which by the way again just a little bit of a step above not just the traditional closing credits it actually shows each character on a polaroid 
yeah, yeah. Uh, on the on the screen with the with their names, and I think that's actually really well done as well. That was good. Yeah, it was good. And in the background, it has this. What what is it like? A the, is it a gravestone or is it like a memorial? no? No, it says it says Carbine High. Right. Um, it's the sign for Carbine High, and then they start piling like memorial items on there, and then like all sorts of weird stuff. Like yeah, that. it starts it starts yeah. getting ridiculous. Like trash cans start coming in the back. And a dog. Somebody, <laughs> yeah, and a dog, and somebody puts a bra in there, and it's. It just gets really fucking weird, but I, it's almost kind of like a, like a really you know cutesy way to to end a, an otherwise not so cutesy film, you know. I do like the fact that the retarded character is just called retard in the credits. Yeah, he's, yeah, I mean, it's very classy. <laughs> <laughs> and there is one. I mean, and uh, we see this uh, a little bit, but there is one last moment for the movie too, where it shows two. Um, supposedly, I guess, other students at the school just sitting down watching television. And yeah, one- yeah. I didn't notice anything. I mean, I, we normally like to mention if there's anything funny in the credits. I didn't notice anything this time. No, I mean, nothing. They really had a fu- they had funny. a weird thing where they had like deleted characters, yeah. which was which was odd. Like, I don't know why you would put those in the credits, but I mean, but then basically, yeah, the credits roll, and then like as soon as the credits end, there's like a guy talking about like money making schemes, like like how you can make money on this tragedy. Well, actually, I think we should. Uh, I think uh, we could open up a card in a flower shop, and uh, I'd make a forty-five. It'll hit. Uh, Number one, like a bullet. I think maybe a tissue stand, maybe a uh, maybe a candle place we could open up. I think uh, a back to school special we should do. Um, I, you know, I, I'm thinking money on this thing actually right now. I'm thinking a lot of money could be made on this whole thing. Then they yeah. talk to that. They talk to that dude who still wants to know if the big game is going to be on. Hey, what about the big game? <laughs> right, right. And then, they talk, and then and then and then finally they talk to those two guys. Who, go ahead. Yeah, he goes. He goes. Yeah. Next year we should blow up our high school. We could be on TV. Next year we should blow up our high school. We could be on TV. Hell yeah! So it's, fucking crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. But you're you're right. The the I, you know, knowing from having worked on some uh, on on a low budget movie, sometimes when you film these people, you do it with the promise that they're going to get credited in some mm. way. Oh, so that, true, that, true. That could explain it in this case, absolutely. Yeah. So that's it. That's the entire movie, Duck the Carbine High Massacre. And I have to say, I think it's. It's not. <laughs> we have to be kind of careful here about what we're recommending because we uh, definitely. Well, we have to be careful about what we say here because I don't want to. I don't want people to think that like you know. I don't necessarily condone the movie as itself. I definitely think the movie, you know, was 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 put out in extremely poor taste. But at the same time, I also don't necessarily have a problem with poor taste. Right. That that and that that's a big part of it. As people who kind of have that respect for bad taste in general, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a little hard to uh, to kind of knock them for that. I mean, certainly to view this in 1999, a few months after it happened, I can see how not only would it be in bad taste, but it would just be... I mean, in my mind, all I would be thinking is, you know, friends of the victims watching it, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, no, and no, I mean, we're 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 detached enough from the event. I mean, it's been you know a decade at least since since the event. I mean, I think we're at the point now where where I mean, I would definitely not recommend it to any or everybody. You know, there's very there, there's a handful of people I I would suggest I would suggest watch this, and most most everybody else I would say probably avoid it. Yeah, maybe I think I might uh, expand that a little bit. I I think that if you do enjoy low budget films and have a have a, a tolerance for the the kind of production value, uh, and and I mean generally this is a little bit of a step above some of the sound. There's sound issues throughout. Uh, the, the, yeah. the dialogue is audible, but uh, there are scenes where a lot of ambient noise makes it a little difficult to understand. Yeah. But the taste thing, 
that that that's going to be from person to person whether that's absolutely going to have a problem. It's kind of interesting to notice that some of the things that they were sort of rallying against, uh, or at least kind of satiring, a uh, satiring, <laughs> <laughs> satirizing in the movie, uh, yeah. kind of did come to pass. There was yeah. a lot of exploitation about it. Uh, sure. the, the Fuhrer actually got uh, got a lot uh, more powerful probably after this movie even came out, uh, especially with Bowling for Columbine when it came out and yeah. for movies like Elephant. Um, and, and also the idea of, of the kid at the end saying that they should blow up their high school. Well, there, there wasn't a lot of kids blowing up their high school, uh, a la rock and roll high school, but there, there were, uh, I mean, certainly a lot of school shootings afterwards. Um, and, and and copycat things, but I think maybe that was even occurring even at the point that this movie was being made. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's, it's, it's actually maybe a little bit more interesting in hindsight, putting it in, putting in the time period when it actually came out. But you're right. You need a strong stomach for it. Uh, and yeah. I don't just mean violence-wise, just for the taste aspect. But there's also a part of me – there's also a part of, part of me that almost – I almost want to congratulate them for having so much balls. You know? Huge balls. Giant, yeah. A giant pair of big brass ones, absolutely. It, it's not – because they're not doing it just to be assholes. They're not doing it just to shock. I mean, there's certainly an element of that, but that's not the sole point of it. And yeah. when, when – you know, when they're – whether their point comes through clearly or not, there are times when you can see that they had one. Mm. And, and, and some, there's a part of me that just is like, well, that's exactly the kind of, of ambition and, and testicles that I really like to see in movies. Absolutely. And, and if that makes me a bad person, well, put this uh, quote on the <laughs> I'm a bad person. Um, but I just, you know, I think, I think we explained ourselves why we feel that way. Or no, I no, I, yeah, I think, I think any, I think anything that we've said in this episode is completely justified or justifiable. I, it's, you know, I don't think, I, I don't think either one of us necessarily came off as a, as a bad person. Although, although, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't mind being a bad person. I, you were objectifying women during this, and I was very, very upset. I did objectify women during this, <laughs> and, I, and I didn't I didn't really have a problem with that, because, to be honest with you, I, I fucking hate women, so whatever. <laughs> uh, once again, I must <laughs> I must state that Mo's opinion that women are objects uh, is not something that is necessarily promoted by DailyGrindhouse.com or Sweetback, your intrepid co-host. <laughs> At all? No, w- 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 no. Women. <laughs> My wife women, is listening to this. <laughs> w- women. Women aren't. Aren't. Women are not objects. They are. But they are there for fucking and verbal abuse. Classic. Just. A classic. <laughs> no wonder you enjoyed that scene so much. Um, the 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 fact is, there are a lot of people who would watch this movie, and I believe that you can actually view the whole thing on YouTube. Is that correct, Mo? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's it's not. There was a time when this movie was very hard to get, but it's not so much anymore. Yeah. There are people who could watch this and see nothing of quality throughout the entirety of it. And in fact, if you read any of the other reviews for it, there are a lot of people who, who condemn it, rightfully or wrong, wrongly. They, they, they completely condemn the movie and, and see it as a totally negative thing. Yeah, this, this is a movie that's really hard to, uh, um, to defend. So, I mean, you know, like if somebody, if somebody wants to go out of their way and completely condemn this movie, I don't really have any problem with that. I mean, it, it would be hard because if it, if it emotionally affected them in a way that, that, you know, all they could see was someone making fun of this horrible tragedy. I mean, it would be like making a, 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 a like an airplane style comedy about like 9-11 yeah. or something like that. I, I mean, that's the comparison point. That's the kind of affecting, 
emotional thing that we're talking about. Am I am I a sick human being that I would actually kind of want to see that? The only problem is that uh, that the makers of Airplane at this point would probably t- put a conservative bent on it that would be really unpleasant to watch. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, sorry, everybody who might not agree with what I just said. Whatever. <laughs> but 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 really, it's it's there is a place. There's a time and a place for uh, commenting on uh, sort of these horrific incidents that that occasionally occur in our lives. Uh, and though this movie, I think, has a lot of quality, it, they probably <laughs> they rushed it. They 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 did not necessarily pick the right time and the place. But that said, maybe if you release this today, probably people wouldn't even really give that much of a shit. And oh, the, absolutely not. The, I think I think at this point, you know, and like and that's what I was saying. Like, dude, it's been so long. There's such a disconnect from the original, mm. you know, from the original event itself that I think at this point it's way it's way easier to stomach something like this now than it than it would have been back in. 1999, when the event and this movie came out. Uh, I I know that, uh, actually, it's interesting that we're talking about this, because uh, just just as we are recording this, the movie Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close just got released and is being eviscerated in reviews because of its relationship with 9-11. The book it was based on is about a a kid whose father died in 9-11, and uh, because a lot of the reviews are talking about it not being emotionally honest by trying to use that incident as a way to uh, to cheat into making the audience have an emotional response. I, I, I have absolutely no respect for filmmakers who do that. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen it. I mean, That's I'll, right. That's, I'll, I'll, I'm not making a judgment yeah, on it. I mean, I've, give, re- I've read I'll, the book. I'll give the movie a chance, you know, in seven or eight years when I actually watch new movies, you know, because I'm still kind of in the, you know, in the the late 2000s as far as new movies is concerned <laughs> but i'm saying like uh yeah I, I mean but i but i would give i would give this movie a shot like especially if somebody's saying something like it's being manipulative you know i, I would i would give it a shot to, you know to to confirm or deny that stance and, and give it my own take you know i mean i'm completely i'm completely open to to you know watching movies that people hate well i think you're like me mo in that you probably don't enjoy knee-jerk reactions, and I certainly don't. I think people who have really emotional, immediate reactions, and this is exactly the kind of thing. If someone told you in 1999 that someone made a low-budget comedy based on Columbine, your knee-jerk reaction would be like, what the fuck were they thinking, right? I mean, this is that's a horrible thing to do. Absolutely. Uh, But when you actually watch it, even though it is a comedy and even though it is in bad taste, uh, there is some emotional honesty there that I think that, that... when you're viewing it in the right mindset, can actually be rewarding. Exactly. I think I think a lot of people thought of of this movie sort of like the 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 movie version of like a uh, like an extreme makeover home edition sort right. of thing. You know, like where where they're they're doing everything in their power to to pull your strings and make you feel the way they do. You know, and uh, and I don't I don't think that was the case with this movie at all. No, I actually, 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 I, I, you know, I mean, for for what you would call a, you know, a low budget comedy done very much in poor taste at the time, it's almost surprising how I mean, I don't want to use the term respectful, but I mean, I guess there's not really a better term to use, but it's it is surprisingly respectful of the event. Yeah, it, it certainly could have been a lot more, uh, it, it, you know, unnecessarily exploitive. And uh, let's put it, let's put it this way: imagine what this movie would have been like if Troma had put it out. That, well, I mean, that's it, it's a good point to make because there are elements of it that really do uh, do kind of feel like a trauma film. 
But you're right. It yeah. wouldn't have that same sort of edge uh, and, and kind of sympathy that, that this movie manages to have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say I think it's worth seeing if anything that we've said, if it, if it has appealed to you how we've talked about it, then it's worth going out of your way to see because there's, uh, there are few enough interesting, brave films out there. And I think that's the absolute perfect way to end the episode. I I think so too, Mo. I feel emotionally exhausted from this. From this, this you know, I'm not going to lie. Having having watched this movie twice in two days, yeah, I'm completely exhausted with it. Yeah, it's I, I, it'll be a while before I watch this again. I, I might watch it at some point, but you're right. It might be a while. But I think Mo, before we do go, maybe we should try to uh, decide on what our next movie is going to be. Oh man, I haven't given any thought. At all. <laughs> I haven't given uh, any thought. Actually, uh, there is a movie that my wife has been pushing me to suggest to you and I really like it and it'll be a nice counterpoint to this because it's a much more pleasant comedy uh, it's one that I've already covered on dailygrindhouse.com but I think to give both of us a break uh, I think we should cover So More It Be yes my wife won't shut up in the background but <laughs> but uh, So More It Be a, a filmmaker named Fabian Rush who I did an interview with uh, not mm-hmm. too long ago a really fun movie really interesting I think you'll love it and if I, anyone listening to this could uh, could track it down and, and listen along with us yeah I uh, yeah I, I read I read your review of it when you put it up That's, that sounds great excellent and and really uh, it's a nice way to start off the new year because uh, I have uh, I just got confirmation that my movie is coming back from my homeland yay and we are we're gonna have a very special episode coming up where we cover rock paper scissors the fall of the original six (laughs) and it's just going to be it's going to be amazing we we can confirm that that is going to be episode 10 okay it's a special anniversary episode yep (laughs) But next week, so well, not next week, two weeks from now in the new year, so more to be. But uh, aside from that, I think we're done here. Awesome. All right. Good night, everybody. Happy New Year. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> I fucked your snowman. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.
Podcast Giant. Dailygrindhouse.com. Tough films for the rough crowd. Suck my dick, Peckerwood. Follow us on Twitter at Daily Grindhouse. Mo is at Drunk on VHS. And Doug Tilly is at Doug underscore Tilly.